Friday. Friday at last. You can finally begin what might be just a regular weekend or it might be a weird weekend. We don't know. That's the problem. We don't know. But I'm here to give you some uh, information that you need in the form of news and updates and other uh, other other kinds of information. I, you know, people are still talking a lot about this uh, this GameStop thing, and I do have some information about that. Some new COVID stuff to tell you about again. Surprise, and a bunch of other little tidbits of news that uh, that I think you'll enjoy. So let's get started. Why not? Why not, why not do the same thing except uh, do it to the gophers? Okay, first bit of news that I have, Fauci is, oh, hold on, we've got our COVID sound. Excuse me, I'm in need of medical attention. Very good. Fauci's warning uh, the COVID-19 situation could, quote, potentially get worse given all these new variants. Uh, so what he basically is uh, saying is on Thursday, yesterday, he warned, he said, listen, things could get worse. He didn't say things get worse before they get better. He just said that they could get worse. So lovely. Uh, He said, quote, we certainly are seeing, thankfully, a plateauing in cases. That's the good news. But on the other hand, quote, the thing that's troublesome now that we really need to keep our eye on are these variants. Of course, this thing was going to mutate. Didn't we talk about this like in the beginning? Didn't we say that, of course, it's going to mutate? And then there were people who were saying, nah, it's not going to mutate. Yeah, like it's mutating. It's mutating big time. Um, so far, it hasn't become a disastrous mutation. But isn't it? Isn't it always in the movies? Whenever you see a movie about something, it's like the virus comes out, and then they come out with a vaccine for the virus, and it's the vaccine that actually makes everyone into a zombie or something. Is that what people are are worrying about? That we're all going to be uh, zombies? I don't know. Is this even streaming? Are things even streaming? Is this even working? Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's working. You never know. I love Restream. I just got to say, I love Restream. What Restream lets you do, this is an inside uh, inside baseball thing, and I think we have the music for that. So the thing that uh, Restream lets you do is it lets you push your stream out from a single point, and then it restreams it to the different platforms that you choose. So right now, I'm streaming it to YouTube. I'm streaming it to Periscope. And I'm streaming it out to, uh, for now, to Twitch. But no one really watches on Twitch. And I wanted to push this out to LinkedIn. So I applied to be in LinkedIn. And you have to have a 1,000 connections, which I do. And I'm waiting to hear back from them to see if they will allow me in. And I don't know yet if they're going to allow me in. But if they do, then I'll be able to stream this content to that all through Restream. But the downside of Restream is... You can't really tell what it's doing behind the scenes. There's just a there's just a little green pulsating dot that's supposed to tell you what's going on. So when I don't see a ton of people in the chat room, that could mean that Restream isn't connected to the chat. It could mean, uh, because I see your numbers there on the left side of the screen, I can see there's a few hundred people here, but I, I don't know. So it'll just be an experiment, I guess, every day, something a little bit uh, new. So speaking of these variants that Fauci's talking about, the variant from South Africa has been detected in the United States for the first time. Not good news, not good news, but it's here. Uh, It came found in Columbia, South Carolina, uh, that 
the mutated version of the virus. This is the South African one, like I said, has been found in a total of only two cases in South Carolina, but uh, that doesn't that doesn't mean there's only two. It means there's a lot more than two. They just don't know how many are actually there. And um, Dr. Brannon Traxler, South Carolina's interim public health director, said in a statement, quote, while more COVID-19 vaccines are on the way, supplies are still limited. Every one of us must recommit to the fight by recognizing that we are all on the front lines now. We are all in this together, indeed. Uh, I don't like when these pages jump around when the ads show up. You know what I'm talking about? So here's another COVID uh, article for you. Single dose Johnson & Johnson. They're calling it the BBC. I don't get why the B- – hold on. We got our uh, got our national anthem for the BBC and, uh, and the UK. Um, basically they call it a jab instead of a a shot or an injection or a vaccination, they call it a jab. So whenever I see this title, I I know right away, if you see the word jab, what I'm afraid of is this horrible, stupid, outdated, janky term is going to make its way into the American vernacular. Now we all know, we all know everybody, everybody knows that American English is both the best and the worst version of English, but at least we don't have uh, at least we don't have jab. Uh, so a- amen to that. We're not using jabs. Let's keep it that way. But the point of the story is that the Johnson and Johnson jab is sixty six percent effective. Now, when you hear that, you're like, wait a minute, wait a minute, sixty six percent. That's not as good as like the ninety five percent that we are hearing about the other ones. You're right, it isn't, but. It's one dose. It's one shot. And for a lot of people, getting two shots is like a big thing that they can't seem to do. Okay. Well, Prime Minister Boris Johnson said that the results from the early trials were very encouraging. If it gets approved by the Medicines and Healthcare Products Regulatory Agency, or MHRA, which is a thing in the UK, um, that they're going to be available later this year. But the goal was to roll out just one dose. So think about that. Instead of two doses, you need just one. Now, at first, you're like, well, that's more convenient for me. I would only need to go and get one. Yes. But the rollout is the big issue. Getting this out to more people more quickly is something if there was only one dose needed. Well, essentially, if you're used to shipping two doses per person, you can get twice as many people vaccinated if you only need one dose. And yes, it is less effective. But here's my question. Does that mean that it is uh, it is less effective in the sense that you're only 66% resistant to getting the virus or that the effects will be 66% less. In other words, it's not totally clear what they mean, but I'm going with the it's 66% effective against the virus. Now, how do they get to that number? Who knows? But it would be really, really nice to have something like this. Don't you agree? One dose, a lot of people who couldn't be bothered by two or who can't get two or who just want to only do one. Well, now there's a solution for that. Nelson in the chat says, yeah, we're having problems here in Portugal with the two shots vaccination. Many people getting the virus in between shots and the lack of vaccinations for the second shot is happening too. There are a lot of people who will say, I got the first one. I don't think I need the second one. Well, if you're doing that with one of these existing vaccines, then I think you're only 40 or 50% um, resistant. So this is actually better, I think, for a lot of people. I'm curious to see if 
uh, you know, what people who get this vaccine and who are then exposed to the virus, if they have any symptoms uh, or not. That has to wait to be seen. I have a second article in here uh, that's talking about uh, the same exact thing, but this time it's in a different news article. So if you want to get those show notes, you can get them at, uh, at danbenjamin.live for the, today's show notes, if you'd like to go there. Interesting thing to note, uh, pandemic has caused the worst year for the economy since 1946. The United States saw its sharpest contraction and growth since 1946 as the coronavirus pandemic hammered the economy last year. While the country may be set for recovery, it hasn't arrived yet. Uh, we have the world's largest economy here in the United States. It shrank by 3.5% in 2020, the Commerce Department reported on Thursday, obviously due to COVID-19. The Labor Department reported nearly 1.3 million new claims for unemployment benefits filed just last week. Mass layoffs. I pity, and I mean this in the nicest way possible, I pity anyone who is stuck in this situation right now. Pity is not the right word because I'm more empathic, uh, empathetic. Empathic, empathetic, sympathetic understanding of people who are out of work right now. I know a handful of them and it is horrible. And if you like, <laughs> I know a couple people who like chose to leave like right before the pandemic and what awful timing. I mean, everybody's hurting right now. Here's an interesting article. And of course, Newsweek doesn't make it easy for me to show you this because of their lovely, uh, look at this, look at this. This, who came up with this? Who came up with this? Ponderous, man. Ponderous. <laughs> I've got that right here. Ponderous, man. There you go. Ponderous. Uh, but it's the, the article says, can you take Tylenol ibuprofen uh, or, or that type of thing after having the COVID vaccine? And most people would say, I took the vaccine and my arm hurts, right? Or I'm feeling, I don't have a headache. I want to take it. Don't do it. I'll tell you what else. This is crazy. Now, you did you guys think I was a doctor? Hang on a second. Did, did they think I was a medical? I'm not a medical doctor. Not a medical doctor. But I read a lot. My advice is when you get sick and you have a fever, or if you're sick and you have headaches or other symptoms, guess what? Don't take Advil. Don't take Tylenol. Don't take any of those things. Just let it run its course. What? Dan is telling me to be uncomfortable and endure discomfort, especially of a fever. I thought when you had a fever, it could spike and you could have a seizure and you could die and that a fever of 102 or three is dangerous and you can die from it. No, these are facts that I'm going to relay to you that I encourage you to Google on your own. That level of fever is not dangerous. Now, I'm not talking about if it's a little baby or a little child and you want to call your pediatrician and all of that first. I'm saying for, for a healthy adult, if you have a higher fever like 101, 102, first of all, you don't need to lower it urgently. It feels like crap. You feel horrible when you have a fever, don't you? It feels terrible. You feel like you're dying. You get the chills. You get all of the, the waves of heat and cold and all this other stuff. And then your body is aching and other things. And it's absolutely miserable and it's horrible. But you don't need to lower it. Your body is doing something important with that fever. You know what it's doing? It's cooking the virus, literally, or whatever it is that you have going on. It's cooking it. Viruses, generally speaking, the ones that inhabit human beings, are really happy at about 98.6 degrees. That's your regular temperature. Most of them can't take any temperature over about 100 degrees. They start to die. 
So what happens is your body knows this, your immune system knows this. And so what happens is it says, I've got some kind of invader here, but you know what? I know how to handle that. I'm just going to heat this thing up and we're going to cook this thing and we're going to kill it. And we're going to do that until we figure out how to, how to make the antibodies to fight this thing. And it, so it's, it, it's like first response is, whoa, we got something here. Don't know what this is. All right, turn up the heat. Your body starts getting warm, which starts killing the virus. And meanwhile, then it says, hey, guys, figure out what this is so we can kill it. And your body starts making the antibodies that it needs to kill the virus. And once it figures that out, okay, here's antibodies and it starts disseminating them. Your fever is no longer necessary. So your temperature starts to go down again and you start to feel better. You're feeling better because your body has figured out how to fight off this thing. That's the way that it works. What happens then when you take a pain reliever or a temperature reducer? Two things happen. The first one is your temperature goes down, okay? But what happens then is your body actually becomes less effective at fighting off the virus because number one, it's no longer raising the temperature, which means the virus is continuing to multiply. Now your body will still start to create those antibodies, but in the meantime, you're actually going to feel worse potentially, and you'll actually make it take longer for you to start feeling better because of you're interrupting this natural process. Did you know that? It's These are facts. This isn't my opinion. You can look up all of this stuff. These are all facts. So there's another second thing that's actually potentially bad, and that is taking something like Tylenol, ibuprofen, one of those, can actually slow down and in some cases halt your body's process of figuring out those antibodies because what you're kind of doing is it's kind of like it tricks your immune system into thinking that you're better already and so your body doesn't work as hard to fight against it. So what I'm saying is the next time that you feel sick, if you have a little bit of a headache or you are running a fever, you might want to consider just riding it out, just dealing with it and you might get better faster and your immune system is going to go on unaffected. Now, I'm not telling you that like if you have some extraordinarily high fever, that you shouldn't call your doctor and talk to them about it. Uh, that's fine. But it, the, the situation, like I remember this movie when I was a kid where there was this guy who had some kind of high fever and they like put him in ice and he was like shaking in like the ice bath for some reason. I don't know what the story was. They're like, we've got to get this fever down. We've got to get his fever down. He could die. Typically in like most situations of fever is just not going to kill you. It's your body's best defense against whatever invader is in there that it wants to fight. And I, I think I read this and I need you guys to check this out for me because I'm not 100% sure. But I think y y you have to get like 107 before it's like a risk. Look that up uh, as somebody tell me. But anyway, I thought you would enjoy this little tidbit of information. And this has been Dan's Health Corner. Thanks so much for tuning in today. I don't stop nothing, you idiot. All right, let's talk about Robin Hood. The controversy is growing. And uh, here's a really interesting article on 95Mac talking about this. The SEC is now investigating the whole deal, which is what they wanted. You can now buy GameStop stock again inside of Robin Hood. They have returned that functionality. Um, but uh, there was a debate about what were the company's motives in, in doing all of this. And now there's an article here. You've got everyone uh, weighing in. But basically, uh, this stock has been returned. You can now buy and sell it again. 
on Robinhood. Robinhood basically went out and got, uh, here's an article in The Guardian about this, about a billion dollars worth of backing, which is supposed to help uh, them resume what they're calling limited buys. Basically, they were running out of money and uh, all of a sudden, and now they had to go to their banks to to get it back. Sorry for all these uh, things jumping around in the street. <laughs> so many pop-ups. Oh my gosh. Um, meanwhile, Robinhood has started to restrict this uh, crypto trading because there's, <laughs> there's this thing called Dogecoin. Have you heard about this? Dogecoin. Uh, which is just, a, it's a fake cryptocurrency. They just invented it just to do this kind of stuff with. It soared 300% and uh, they had to restrict trading on that. It's nothing. It's not real. It's nothing. Uh, but people are making a lot of money from this thing. Isn't it crazy? Uh, it's just weird. So anyway, Wall Street Bats Discord server has been spammed by, they're talking about Dogecoin and uh, it's up 20% over the past 24 hours. Tesla CEO Elon Musk changed his Twitter profile to include Bitcoin. And as soon as he did that, uh, it topped 38,000 just because he put Bitcoin with no explanation into his bio. What is going on in the stock markets? This is absolutely bonkers right now. I mean, like, it's absolutely crazy. Uh, really crazy. Okay, I've got more news coming up, but it is time to say thank you very much to our sponsor. It's LinkedIn Talent Solutions. I love these guys. I've used these guys, and I've found some really great candidates using them. It was amazing. Uh, this is the deal. A lot of people, you know, before when I was talking about how tough it is to find a job right now, you know where the best place is to go to find one, or if you're hiring, to find the perfect candidate? Yeah, you know what I'm going to say. It's LinkedIn it's LinkedIn Talent Solutions, also known as LinkedIn Jobs. Here's the thing. 722 million members are already on LinkedIn and using it. They're there. They're there every day. LinkedIn has become a really cool place to like talk about your career and get support for the work that you're doing and launch something really cool and find people to connect with who can help you, work with you, recommend you, testify about how good you are at something or help you with your startup. It's awesome. And now it's easier than ever to like post a job and find really good candidates because when you post a job there, first of all, you're going to see everything in one place, which is super useful. As you go through your list of candidates, you can say yes, no, maybe, and it keeps everybody in one place. And you have these really cool screening questions that you can ask of your candidates so that you're going to filter out people who don't belong before you even have to talk to them and find out, oh, I was looking for somebody with five years of Python experience. You've got two. So I'm not even going to see you, not even going to see you. That's good, right? Only the applicants that fit what you're actually looking for and the criteria that you want will show up. It's amazing. It saves you so much time. And uh, you can do this all from your mobile device right now. Isn't that awesome? Here's the URL to go to. And if you do, you're going to get your first job posting for free. Can't beat free, can you? Go to LinkedIn, L-I-N-K-E-D, LinkedIn.com slash quit. Now, you would think it would say DBL or something. But that's all right. It's quit. You know me from the quit show. You know the quit show. So that's what we're going to use. Okay. So go to linkedin.com slash quit and get your first job posting free. Thank you very much to LinkedIn Talent Solutions for making this show possible. Way the future. Now, I would like to tell you here about, see, I don't get to tell you very much uh, because on this computer, I'm not logged in. So I can't read you all the Times article, but I read it already. So it's okay. I can tell you about it. Facebook is supposed to be planning newsletter tools 
and they want to court independent writers. 2021, year of companies doing this kind of thing. Twitter's got their newsletter with, uh, was it called, is it Review, the one that they have? And now Facebook wants to get into this space because you know what? Newsletters are all the rage. So they're getting into it, but they're building their own tools. It seems like they're trying to offer more services to independent writers uh, and everybody's going to be doing a newsletter. This is the year of the, if 2019 and 2020 was the year of the podcast, that's not stopping, but 2021 is going to be the year of the newsletter. And you know, it's funny, I've even been tempted to, to take all of these links that I'm doing right now and put them in a newsletter format. I'm already collecting them. I'm already writing summaries for myself. Maybe just do a daily newsletter. I don't know. Would you would you sign up for that? What if it was like a like a couple bucks a month? Would you pay for it? Because I'm trying to put my kids like through college and save money for that. Uh, what is this? Oh yeah. Well, no, I don't know what this is. Get out of there. Oh, it's an article about Coinbase. It's about Coinbase. Yeah, look at this. They have announced their bid to become a public company via direct listing. Isn't that interesting? Coinbase is a company that basically lets you buy all of these different kinds of cryptocurrencies. It doesn't matter which one you want, but you can get them all through Coinbase and Coinbase itself is trying to be like more legit because the whole cryptocurrency thing feels less than legit. So they're they're trying to help make it more legit. The Forum S1 is expected to become effective on the SC, after the SEC completes its review process subject to market and other conditions, Coinbase said Thursday. So they're they're coming out into the stock market. Guess what? That would be something probably really smart. I'm, I am not a financial advisor. Hmm. No, I'm not. But I might be investing in that because it's going to go crazy. It's going to be something. That's just my opinion. Uh, what is going on here in the chat room? <laughs> Brian says he's making a newsletter about newsletters. Uh, newsletters are good. Okay. You're saying you want me to do it. So maybe I'll think about doing that. And, uh, Brian says, I'll listen to your podcast about your newsletter, about newsletters. Very well. Solar winds. Uh, they're now saying that this hack, you remember the solar winds hack? They're saying that the, uh, suspected they're calling it suspected Russian attack uh, hack is extends far beyond solar wind software. They're thing, saying thing 30% of victims are said to have no connection to the network management company's tainted software. So, how come they're hacked too? Well, they're thinking that this goes way, way, way beyond it. Uh, SolarWinds stock has recovered a little bit. It's up about 1.55%. Um, but they're saying that about 30% of both the private sector and government victims linked to the campaign had no direct connection to SolarWinds. Interesting, huh? Uh, so we won't know the full extent and size of this uh, for a while. Oh, Newsweek wants me to, I've looked at too many, too many Newsweek articles this week, but interesting because Beto is apparently considering running against Greg Abbott for governor of Texas. What, why would this be a big deal? Why would this be a big deal? A lot of people here in Texas don't love our governor, Greg Abbott. Uh, and there are a lot of reasons why, but I, I'm going to use this one War were because Beto has a good chance of doing something in this space. Um, a lot of people like Beto and some things could really happen here if he were to run. This could be very, very interesting. Uh, I know in particular, Dan Patrick and Greg Abbott 
are opposed to a lot of things that, uh, of course, being uh, GOP party members, they're against a lot of the more liberal attitudes. Uh, but for example, one thing that they continuously stop is legalization of medical cannabis for people who desperately need it. These are people who have PTSD. These are people who have chronic pain. These are people who are addicted to very, very harmful opioids. And to be totally honest, it makes me absolutely sick at the government here in Texas that refuses to allow the expansion of medical marijuana for people who desperately need this kind of thing. The studies have shown time and time again how horrible opioid addiction is and how beneficial cannabis can be to overcoming those addictions or preventing them entirely. People who need to deal with chronic pain, injury, other things have found that cannabis is tremendously helpful for this. It relieves people's pain without being addictive. It doesn't impact their quality of life. And guess what? You don't see people who are using medical cannabis for chronic pain turn to something like heroin or fentanyl or something horrible like that that they're buying from the streets because what happens is they get hurt and then they take some kind of an opioid and then they get addicted to it right away because that's what happens. And then the doc says, you shouldn't need it anymore. And the, doc, and the patient's like, I kind of need it even though the pain's gone. And they're like, nah, you don't need it. So guess what? Then they go and try and buy that medicine like Oxy on the street where it's very expensive. And then they start to realize, wait a minute, I can't afford to buy this stuff anymore. So what do they do? Do they turn to crime? Maybe. Or maybe they buy something that works just as well and is cheaper. It's called heroin. And now this person who used to be a productive member of society, who got hurt on the job or hurt some other way uh, or, or had some kind of post-surgical pain or something, they're now hooked on a drug. They can't get off the drug. And now who, this person that was a productive member of society is now an addict and now they're a junkie and now they're buying heroin on the street. Is that what you want? You think I'm kidding? You think I'm making this up? This is not, this is not something that happens rarely. This is a known thing. But guess what? This is just one example of how cannabis can help. They can help these people get off of it and still manage their pain if they have chronic pain. There's so many benefits to this. And the government here in Texas prevents it because of old school, outdated, erroneous thoughts that they were raised because they watched the movie Reefer Madness when they were little kids back in the 40s. And they're the ones that are making policy decisions for us here in Texas and people who absolutely, and I, and the reason that this is actually a personal issue for me, I know several people who are dealing with exact, and they're not heroin addicts, no, but they're dealing with this kind of issue in their lives, whether it's PTSD or related, and this could help them so tremendously. And I'm sick and tired of the stupid, limited, outdated, backwards thinking that's happening here in Texas government. So Beto, Please do something about this. Any of y'all out there that can do something about this and a billion other issues, it would be wonderful to see you guys do something. You know what they said the last time that some of these um, bills were up for legalization here in Texas? You know what they said? They said, we're not even going to allow it to vote in the Senate. We're not even going to let you guys get into the Senate with any of your bills that were voted for at a majority in the House. Majority in the House. They wouldn't even look at them or talk about them. They said, nah, we're not going to take this issue seriously. Not yet. We're not interested in it. Medical marijuana is just a path to fully legalized recreational marijuana. We're not even going to consider it. I don't care about fully legalized recreational marijuana. I'm talking about the people that are hurting that could really benefit from this. Hurting or physically hurting. Okay? A bunch of jerks. 
Hyundai is wrestling with the risks of embracing Apple. I have two different articles on this issue. Uh, oh, sorry. Market zero next Friday. There you go. Um, because now apparently Hyundai is not sure if they really want to build a car for Apple. Why wouldn't they? Well, basically the thinking on that now, Hyundai and Apple have both declined to comment on it completely. But uh, Apple not even acknowledging that they're talking to anyone. But here's here is a quote. This is a Hyundai executive aware of the internal discussions on the tie up with Apple. Here's what they said. We are agonizing over how to do it, whether it is good to do or not. We're not a company which manufactures cars for others. It's not like working with Apple would always produce great results. That's a good point. Do they really want to build a car for someone else? And what car manufacturer would want to do that? You know, I think I'm thinking about BMW and how they made, they make them, don't they make the Mini Cooper? <laughs> Brian's saying my, my 365 Lime Can looks like a product placement. I would absolutely do product placements if Whole Foods would just send me a, a 12 pack of these a week, I would absolutely do product placements. I, I'm I'm cheap. Send them. I love this stuff. No, the product placements are are right here. The fireside mug. That's the the product placement. So I'll, I'll hide this one because they're not sending me anything. Does that look clean? Uh, second article, same topic, uh, saying that Apple car production would be in the U.S. and Hyundai is nervous. I like this. This to me actually looks, doesn't look like what I imagine an Apple car would look like, but it's kind of cool. Uh, but basically they have tent, this is the latest news that, that Hyundai has tentatively decided against it, but it has an alternative proposal that it thinks would work better. What do you think the alternative proposal might be? Uh, here's the quote. Hyundai is traditionally known for its reluctance to work with outsiders, making engines, transmissions, and even its own steel in-house under its vertically integrated supply chain as South Korea's second largest conglomerate. Uh, I'll tell you something. When you drive around Korea, South Korea, Hyundai, they make everything over there. We think of them as a car company, but they make like everything over there. They, their logo is on every building. Like it's absolutely every, they make chairs. I mean, it seems like they make everything over there and they're as big of a brand there as like, I don't know if you were to combine GM and GE and I don't know, Sears and Whole Foods and Amazon together. That's like Hyundai over there. Like they're massive. Uh, so here's the, here's more of this quote. Apple is the boss. They do their marketing. They do their products. They do their brand. Hyundai is also the boss. That does not really work, the person said. But that makes absolute sense considering what Hyundai is in South Korea. Here, car maker. They're huge conglomerate that makes everything. So it makes sense to me that they would have some hesitations about this. Speaking of hesitations and Apple, Facebook and Apple's feud. I didn't really know it was a feud, but they're calling it a feud on Hype Beast. Uh, Facebook and Apple's feud gets heated as the two address privacy concerns. Both Cook and Zuckerberg are taking shots at each other. Oh man, we need we need war war declared. Where is my war war? I need to get this organized a little better than I had it. Hold on, I'm sorry. We got out of the sound effect. We can't. There we go. War war declared. Publicly taking shots at each other, according to this article, uh, Cook referenced a statement he made early as I, he says, as I've said before, if we accept as normal and unavoidable that everything in our lives can be aggregated and sold, then we lose so much more than data. We lose the freedom to be human. I love that quote. That's a great quote. 
you know, I think of all of the companies in tech, without a doubt, Apple is the best when it comes to privacy. I still think they could do more, but I still think that they are the best. This is my opinion, that they are absolutely the best. If you want good privacy, you should be using a Mac. You should be using an iPhone. You should be using an iPad. They are way better than anything any other platform has to offer, and they are not perfect. And there's still a lot of room to improve, but they're way better than anything else. And Apple as a company does a lot to protect us and protect our data better. They do it better, I think, than most other places. So something to keep in mind. Facebook in response has claimed that Apple is anti-business, accusing Apple of hurting small businesses because its new update has brought limitations to Facebook's advertising tools. You know, I feel hurt. Don't you feel hurt as a small business owner myself? Um, don't you feel hurt by Apple? Yeah, so hurt. So hurt. Uh, I can't use Facebook's advertising tools by garnering all of your information and just having it and doing stuff with it. You're hurting me, Apple. Uh, so Facebook is reportedly preparing that antitrust lawsuit that I told you about yesterday. Uh, they're claiming that Apple unfairly requires iOS app creators to abide by rules and fees of the App Store in ways Apple's own apps aren't obligated to. I was thinking about this a lot last night, and I was really wondering, is that a valid complaint? Can they really file a suit about that? Is Apple obligated to the same to follow the same requirements that it places on its essentially customers? Because if you think about it, if you have an app in the App Store, your customers are everyone who's eligible of downloading or buying the app, but you're also kind of Apple's customer too because you're making them some revenue, 30% in fact, and they limit what you can do, but they don't limit those things in their own apps. So is it different? Are they their own customer? Is Apple its own customer? I'm going to say no. I don't think that this lawsuit has any merit. I don't think it will even really get anywhere. And I certainly don't think Facebook could win it, but let's see what finds what happens and what we find out. Remember, I was talking a little bit about Signal and Telegram. Uh, I love both of these apps and I like to use both of them. Well, Signal has been updated. There are several new features because all of a sudden, hey, it's popular. So let's uh, let's add some features. And the features are pretty cool. Um, you've got chat wallpapers. You've got an about section now for your user profile. Um, you've got a whole bunch of other things. You've got animated stickers you can do. Uh, you can create your own APNG animated sticker pack. I don't know what APNG animated something maybe i don't know i don't know what that stands for you can make your own and uh of course they have uh you can do lower data usage for your phone calls which is nice if you're on a restricted plan or have limited uh you know limited bandwidth and they've also improved image compression and quality a lot of stuff happening there i'm not seeing the same rapid pace of development with telegram that i am with signal and i think more people know signal uh, and Telegram has kind of gotten a bad rap because wasn't that, weren't the terrorists, aren't terrorists using Telegram for some reason? <laughs> I don't know. So uh, yeah, maybe maybe you're going to want to check out Signal after all. Okay, and this is my last article for today. And this is kind of a, mm. uh, kind of a head scratcher. Subway's tuna doesn't actually have tuna in it, a lawsuit is claiming. And this was filed by two women in uh, uh, California saying that the restaurant's tuna doesn't actually have tuna in it. But they're using very weird 
phrases and terminology. And I'll tell you why this is actually, oh, Robert Curry says animated ping file. Thank you, Robert. I appreciate that. Robert, so appreciative of you. Robert has been a super fan supporting my work at patreon.com slash Dan Benjamin for a long time. Robert's one of the very few of y'all who actually uh, cares about the show and wants to help it and wants it to be successful and wants me to be able to keep doing it by his support. So today's show is dedicated to Robert. Robert, thanks to you for making this show possible. That's Robert. And also be sure to like and subscribe uh, right up there. Ring the bell so you know when I come out with a new episode. I see most of you are shifting over to YouTube and I appreciate that. Thank you so much for doing that. Uh, but anyway, two Californian women claim Subway's tuna sandwich actually contains, in their words, not a scintilla. This is their legal words, scintilla of the fish. And they were duped. It's a $5 million lawsuit that they're filing. I could, it kind of makes me want to go get Subway today. If I only could, if they only, they had a, a gluten-free bun. Uh, but they say that um, they ordered tuna from the sandwich giant at locations near their home as recently as recently as last year. And they said that independent testing has repeatedly affirmed the products are made from anything but tuna. The filling in the products has no scintilla of tuna at all, the suit claims. In fact, Subway's tuna is, quote, made from a mixture of various concoctions that do not constitute tuna, yet have been blended together by defendants to imitate the appearance of tuna, they're claiming in their lawsuit. Aware that consumers place a heightened value on tuna as the ingredient, defendants deliberately make false and misleading claims about the composition of the products to increase profits at the expense of unsuspecting buyers, the suit charges. Pretty interesting. And here's what they say. We were tricked into buying food items that wholly lacked the ingredient they reasonably thought they were purchasing. I don't know why they want to do this. It's very weird. A Subway spokesperson is calling the claims baseless and frivolous, adding that they are being pursued without adequate investigation. There's simply no truth to the allegations in the complaint that was filed in California. Subway delivers 100% cooked tuna to its restaurants, which is mixed with mayonnaise and used in freshly made sandwiches, wraps, and salads that are served to, the, to and enjoyed by our guests. So uh, Brian's saying the footlongs aren't 12 inches either. So, uh, yeah, we'll, um, we'll see. Uh, oh, Brian says that with the Apple car, you need a dongle to charge and listen to the music at the same time. Brian, I want to hire you to write some bits for me. Cause that's pretty good. Uh, ping me after the show. Anyway, that's it. That's all I've got for you today. I hope this was an entertaining show. I'm going to think about doing a little bit of a newsletter for you guys about this kind of stuff. I do have a newsletter with a few thousand people on it. Maybe I'll start doing that again with these links since I'm gathering them. Anyway, so that's it. Hope that you all have a great weekend and uh, I'll be back here Monday morning with some new news and opinions for you. Thanks again for tuning in and have a good one.